friends. Welcome to the Everyday Abundance Podcast. My name is Kaylin, and I am excited to be on this journey together. The mission of the Everyday Abundance Podcast is to empower and equip women to experience abundance in their rhythms, relationships, and resources by giving them tools to model their lifestyle after Jesus. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey guys, I am so excited that you're listening today as we kind of dive in and talk about how to hurt and help the hurting at the same time. So how can hurt coexist while we are trying to help others who are hurting? And to be honest, friends, this is something that's been on my heart lately. You guys have been on my heart lately and just this topic of hurting and when you need a miracle, what do you do? And it's been a tough few weeks for us to be honest and we feel positioned in our life for just that for a few miracles and as I sit here recording in my house there's a sign behind me on the wall that says there will be miracles and it's just such a great reminder and I look at it every day I mean yeah it's at my house but it's also positioned right behind me so as I record it's sitting right there and part of this podcast honestly is a miracle anything that comes from this podcast is not from my own ability but from God's ability. And it's just an honor that you have invited me into your day and into your walk with God. So usually, if my friend called me up and shared that she needed a miracle in her life, I would invite her over for lunch or out for a coffee. Yet here we are, so many people in dire need of miracles in either their health, their finances, or their families, and we can't even meet to discuss this stuff face-to-face, and it's hard. If we were face-to-face, I would look across the table from you and tell you two things. First of all, I am so sorry. And second of all, it's going to be okay. Or it could be the other way around where I would sit across the table and cry and I would pour my heart out to you and you could say the same thing to me. And in pondering our personal need for a miracle, I began to think about what Jesus would say to me if he was here face to face. How would he approach me? How would he approach my hurting friends? I realized in a way that he would say the same two things I would say to you over a bowl of soup at Panera, which I'm craving right now, so let's move on. He would lean in and look at us in the eyes, and with the most pure and tender voice of a father, he would say, I care deeply and this is not your end. I say your end because it may very well be the end of something, but it is not the end of you. We know we do not belong here on earth, and heaven is our home, and we also can hold tightly to the truth that Jesus can meet us in our feelings because he literally came down from heaven to experience humanity himself. He is fully man and fully God. We can be confident that he gets us. Maybe for the first time in our lifetimes, all of us are experiencing some of the same hardships at the same time. A lot of times, hard things can lead us to question one of two things. Does God love us? Does he care about us? Or, God, do you really have all of this under control? And the big question for me lately has been, how do we hurt and help our hurting friends at the same time? And the answer to that question is easy and hard. (laughs) You know, a lot of our questions are answered by how Jesus lived. 
by living like Jesus did. But how? what does that mean? How did Jesus hurt and help the hurting at the same time? And he did it by living a life of empathy and eternal perspective. He was the perfect balance of both. Jesus doesn't dismiss your struggle, but he came with a message of hope. He understands. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses without leaving us hopeless and points us to eternal perspective without leaving us broken. Because you see, empathy without eternal perspective feels hopeless. You can get stuck in this, in the feeling and not know where to go next. But also, eternal perspective without empathy feels harsh. To be Jesus to a hurting world, we must have both. And we must know that God is meeting us with both of those things too. Have you ever talked to someone who doesn't empathize with you at all? Oh my gosh. Honestly, it is my pet peeve of all pet peeves. I know that hurt people hurt people. And often people who are experiencing their own hurt do not know how to empathize with you because their hurt and your hurt is too much for them to bear. That's not always the case. Some people aren't blessed as naturally with empathy as some, but if you have a hard time empathizing with people, I would encourage you to do some soul searching. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, but I mean it in a serious way because Jesus has come to offer you complete healing for any of your hurts and he can free you from those things to allow you to truly feel with someone without the internal overwhelm. On the other end of the spectrum, we have the heavy empathizers, the overfeelers. They empathize with you so deeply that they get lost in their feeling and don't know where to go from there. Often these people actually come to you first and may even get lost in their own feelings before asking about yours. If this sounds like you and you feel overwhelmed with your feelings all the time, maybe you need to invite God with his eternal perspective and ask him to shift your eyes. We constantly have to remind ourselves where our hope is. Our hope is in heaven. It is not found in anything or anyone on earth. Therefore, our hope has nothing to do with our circumstances or our need for a miracle. In the Bible, we see Jesus meeting a lot of people in their hardest moments when they are in need of a miracle. In many places in scripture, it says, and he healed them all, referring to when Jesus would go into town and the crowds of people would bring their physical, emotional, and monetary needs to him. We know he did this and he was able to heal by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there was also a pattern to what he did. Either in word or deed, he always met them with empathy and eternal perspective. In some miracles, like in Luke 7, 11 through 17, these two things are easier to spot. The story reads, Soon afterward, he, being Jesus, went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bear, and the bearer stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. You see, his compassion here was so strong that he felt her pain enough to do something about it. 
Not only that, but he addressed her feelings when he said, do not weep. This is, this is God showing empathy. He then told the man to arise. Jesus uses similar language in a lot of his miracles. He calls people up, not out. He calls their focus up to heaven to greater things. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus did have some sass with the religious proud know-it-alls of the day. But with the hurting people in need of miracles, he dealt with them gently. Friends, this is how he is dealing with you and the details of your life right now. It may not look or feel that way because we live in a harsh, harsh world. But be sure that the God who created you and sent you Jesus is deeply concerned about all the ins and outs of your life. He hurts when you hurt. Not only that, he isn't calling you out. He's calling you up. If you are not a perfect follower of Jesus, join the party, okay? He came to share this hope of heaven and call us to a greater living, an abundant living. Sometimes conviction can feel like we're being called out for our sins, but when we know the truth that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, then we can confidently repent, which means to not only to say that we're sorry and ask for forgiveness, but to turn the other way and reach for the higher things that God calls us to. Guilt is not of God. Guilt is an enemy of abundance. Don't stay there. There are also places in scripture where what Jesus was teaching is a lot harder to swallow, but we can still see this pattern of empathy and eternal perspective. In Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, he begins by addressing these people together in the midst of a governmental oppression and hardship to let them in on this secret. You are blessed when you need a miracle. I know that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it honestly, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me now. But when you're in the midst of a hurting or you're in the midst of needing a miracle, there is this supernatural closeness to God and this supernatural peace that you can have. And I want to show it to you in this scripture. I'm going to read the first few verses in Matthew 5 as an example, but it really applies to the whole chapter. So let's take a look. Matthew 5 verse 3. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God in his rule. You are blessed when you feel you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Now, for years, this scripture confused me, and it still kind of does a little bit, because in this scripture, blessed can mean happy. It also can mean graced or have favor. There's favor on you. And in verse 3, it says you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. And this is the message version. And I love this version because this is just kind of easier for me to understand. It's more relatable and easier to apply when it's in this paraphrase. And it says you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. And this is very figuratively because we're never really like at the end of a physical rope. Like, God, help. I'm at the end of my rope. No, it's it's more of a feeling of like, I don't know if I can go on anymore. I don't know if there's anything left in me. I don't know if I have what it takes. He says, you're blessed when you get to that point. You're blessed when you need a miracle, that kind of miracle, because with less of you, there is more of God in his rule. So he's saying he's acknowledging how we feel. 
He's acknowledging the feeling, but also taking us up and saying, with less of you, there is more of me. And this just goes back to the scripture in the New Testament or later in the New Testament where it says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And these things are hard for us to understand. Even when we walk through weakness, it's hard to understand. Usually when we feel this, it's after the, the sting of the hurt has gone away to an extent to where our eternal perspective is heightened. And it's better when we look back on it and say, wow, God, you were right. With less of you, there is more of God in his rule. In verse four, it says, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. So he's acknowledging our feeling of grief and of loss. That could be physical, emotional, some kind of loss where you've lost what's most dear to you. And then he says, but then he takes us up. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. He's, he's calling us to a different realm, calling our eyes to stop looking what's in front of us in the physical, but understanding what there is now, what abundant life there is in the spiritual now, but also in heaven. And in verse five, he says, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. Contentment here is also a feeling. And then he, so he acknowledges this feeling. Then he goes, that's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. So then he's saying, there's more to life than this. There are things you can own and have in your life, in your spirit than what you see. He's acknowledging that the feeling is real, but he's calling us up. Friends, you are blessed when you need a miracle. You can hurt and still be confident of this, that God cares about you. He cares about the way you feel and he hurts with you and that he also has more for you. This is not your end. Whatever that you're going through, it could be big, it could be small, but don't let the enemy lie and tell you that this is it, that it doesn't get better than this. And maybe you aren't hurting right now, but maybe there is someone in your life that is. There pretty much always will be someone that you know who is hurting. And this is how we can approach them. This is this week's call to abundance. Use Jesus' example to love someone who is hurting and love them with empathy and eternal perspective. Call them up. Meet them where they are. Grab them by the hand and call them up. Even if you're hurting, you have the ability to do this. And maybe the person who needs to be called up the most this week is you. It's okay to feel, but we don't have to stay there. There is more and greater ahead. We can hurt, but know the truth that God cares about us and has better things for us so that in our own hurt, we don't hurt other people. And if you're listening to this and you're like, Kaylin, I don't really have a community or someone I, I know or I trust to ask for prayer, please do not hesitate to either email me or DM me on our Instagram at everydayabundance.podcast. That's our Instagram. You can always email me at hello everydayabundance at gmail.com. I don't know what you're going through today, but I strongly believe that if you believe that God is meeting you where you are, 
with empathy for the way you feel and eternal perspective for where you're going. I believe it's going to help you get to your miracle. And I want to pray for you today for those things. God, thank you so much for who you are. First and foremost, you are the perfect balance of both feeling and hope for the future. God, you are present. You are ever-present help in time of need, Lord. And you're also waiting for us in heaven with good things. Thank you, Lord, that this earth is not our home. The pains, the things we go through, whether it's big or small, thank you, God, for your word that guides us and leads us, Lord. God, helping us know how to hurt well, but also how to help our hurting friends. Lord, sometimes the hardest thing to do is get out of our own hurt. And I pray, Jesus, if there are people in here who have been stuck far too long in hurt, God, I pray that you would release them in the name of Jesus. That they would repent from any ways, God, but they would know that condemnation is not from you. And God, the only thing that you desire from their conviction is that they would repent and be closer to you. We love you so much. We praise you. We pray you'd bring someone into our lives God, who needs your love, who needs to be loved through a hurting situation, God, who needs a miracle. And I pray you would give us opportunities to speak into their life. We love you so much in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for inviting me into your day today. I know this was a little bit of a heavier topic, but I really felt like it was applicable to a lot of our lives. And so I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that God spoke to you in some way, and I definitely hope that you come back next week because we're having an awesome guest on our show, and it's just going to be so much fun. I cannot wait, and I'll see you then. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes. And hey, if you love it, rate and review it because we're new around here and we'd love to be an uplifting podcast for someone who needs it. Be sure to keep up with us on our Instagram at everydayabundance.podcast. See you next time.